Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rudy Giuliani. Good afternoon. This is Rudy Giuliani with the Rudy Giuliani Show, broadcasting again uh, to you uh, from Buffalo, New York. And, uh, well, yes, yesterday I was in Binghamton, New York, sitting on top of uh, one of the largest deposits of natural gas and oil in the world, in the United States, and possibly more, because there's another, there's another st- stream of it, uh, whatever you would like to formation, below the Marcellus Shale called the Utica Shale, which possibly is bigger. And, of course, all of it in New York has largely been untapped because of our um, – because the majority of people in New York are brainwashed and select Democrats and have no idea the damage they do to themselves and their families. They may be getting to see it. Uh, maybe if we go at, o- over their debate in a moment, we can, uh, we can illustrate that for you when you see what they're arguing about while New York is losing more people than any state in the nation – and the people they're losing are the taxpayers. That means the people who pay the bills are fleeing. Not a good idea for those left behind who have to pick up a larger percentage. That's what you call higher taxes. So um, Republican candidates for governor, including my son, this I think they're all together on, are offering rather substantial tax cuts, which I agree with all of them on that. I, I know Andrew's plan for cutting the budget, and it's a kind of the same plan that Ronald Reagan used and the same plan that I use, which is across the boards, which I think is the best way to do it. But there are other ways to do it as well. And I'm assuming now that the other Republicans also would cut the budget. These are things Republicans are much better at than Democrats. Uh, you look at the Republican states, financially they're doing better, much better than the Democrat states. But where we really – where we really see a difference, of course, is crime. So uh, crime, and I don't want to stick to New York, but it just happens to be that New York had a terrible day yesterday. I, I mean, just a crazy, crazy day. And Adams, I, I mean, Adams is fighting the good fight with AOC and trying to keep his party moderate, but he's not delivering. Nine shot and one, one uh, dead in New York in a span of, you know, 12, 13 hours. You've got to go all over the city. In the Bronx, a 20-year-old who's part of the Crips is shot. In Brooklyn, in Bedford-Stuyvesant, a woman is murdered, dead, with a 21-year-old man who's also shot. A 23-year-old in, uh, in it, it looks like, um, in Queens. A 33-year-old in Queens. A man, we don't know the age, in Morrisania. Uh, a 43-year-old in East New York, a 28-year-old in Brooklyn. And what's Alvin Bragg doing about it and the other DAs? Well, Alvin Bragg, there's a big story today about how one of Alan Bragg's uh, releasees, I guess maybe it's the people he arrested, people that were arrested that he releases uh, from prison, went ahead and committed uh, 
committed crimes. So what's new? I don't even know if that's a story anymore. I really don't. I mean, I'm being serious. I don't know if that's a story anymore, that one of Bragg's uh, people that he released, you know, committed a crime. Uh, you look at, you look at the, the situation out in California with those two beautiful, wonderful police officers who were killed by a guy that would not have been out if Gascon was not the DA. So Gascon and Bragg are, you know, they're part of the fraternity of criminal-friendly DAs elected by Soros. Uh, one, one of them, one of them uh, just got bounced in San Francisco, the, the son of cop killers. Uh, he's out. Uh, and I only say that because he acts like the son of cop killers, and a lot of people died as a result of, uh, of Boudin's being, uh, being the DA. And now we've got two police officers in Los Angeles who are dead, and it would not be the case if Gascon, if you want the particulars, it's pretty simple. This guy had committed burglary. This guy had committed another very, very dangerous assault. Uh, basically, he was uh, second offense with one strike on him. It should, have been, it should have been an extended sentence, probably four or five years. Instead, he's walked. They let him go out. So, therefore, he's available to shoot and kill the cops. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't put dangerous people in jail. And when you take things like like Bragg's idiotic first statement, if you commit an armed robbery but you don't hurt anybody, you walk. Hmm. Or, the, or the DA in Brooklyn who lets everybody out on gun charges. And they want gun control laws. More that, that they're not going to enforce? How about you first show me you enforce the ones we have? You might not need more. I didn't need more. I, I, but I enforce the ones we have. What a bunch of phonies. I mean, right out of Schumer's mouth, I mean, gun, gun control, more gun control, more gun control. How about more enforcement of the law? That'd be a lot better. You know, <laughs> you're not really controlling a gun. A human being controls the gun. You arrest a human being and they pay really heavy for, for, for crimes related to guns. And it stops quickly. And you bring back a real plain clothes unit, not with uniforms on, and you go back to stop and frisk as approved by Eric Holder. Hmm? I bet you didn't know there was a stop and frisk approved by Eric Holder. I do. I know lots of things that people, other people don't know. Well, because I was the mayor. And I was the mayor that brought down crime more than any mayor in history. But... Behind these DAs, behind Bragg, behind Boudin, behind Gascon, behind the maniac in Philadelphia that's destroying Philadelphia, the one in St. Louis who's framed, who framed a sitting governor, you know, the way, the way Democrats are doing with Trump. Uh, George Soros, 30 DAs, 40 million. He just interferes and he puts these people in and they all do the same thing. They release people. And then the crime rates go up dramatically. Soros is singularly responsible for the records set, like in New York and Rochester, where both Black Lives Matter and Soros got involved to do, well, they're going to show you alternative policing. They sure showed you alternative policing. Last year, there was a record in, in, in Rochester for the most murders ever in the history of that city and the fifth or sixth most in the United States. That's a small city, and I'm just about 40 miles from it. I'm in Buffalo, and in Buffalo, 
crime is going through the roof. I talked to an undercover detective, female detective, today, not, as, not publicly, obviously, but she was telling me how um, they don't prosecute anything. Nobody prosecutes anything in Hochul's New York. So that's got to change. That's got to change. Uh, my son Andrew was the first Republican to come out immediately and say that Bragg had to be removed he also had the exact citation, which they tried to trick him with the other night and didn't, to the New York Constitution, which actually says that if you don't prosecute cases, you can be removed by the governor. Uh, well, he's going to do it. And if I, if I got it correct, so are the other Republicans. Now let's listen to, let's listen to the party that represents uh, only criminals. But before that, let me, uh, let me uh, admonish myself. Because let's listen to Joe Scarborough make it sound like if you say anything about George Soros, you're anti-Semitic. Cut 31. What's the best way to push back on this conspiracy theory that, that's based on a Jewish international banker? Uh, I mean, just it is so anti-Semitic. Uh, and, of course, they've, they've slotted George Soros in there trying to make the country like browner and blacker. What's the best way for people to push back on that lie? That most ridiculous thing in the world. First of all, as far as I know, he's an atheist. And uh, if you know his history, if you know his history, he betrayed the Jewish people. Never apologized for it. Said it was the best time of his life on 60 Minutes. Man's a very, very damaging, a very, 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 uh, a destructive human being, not because he's Jewish, if he is. He sure doesn't act like a Jewish person. Uh, he's got a heck of a background. You should watch a 60-minute interview sometime and find out what he did. You do something like that, it has to bother you all your life, particularly if you're in denial about it. You say it was the best time of your life. No, no, no. They, I, one time I got accused of being anti-Semitic in saying that George Soros did something, and, and he did. He, he bought all these DA's offices. And I said, I'm a better Jew than he is. And if you ever want to debate me on it, I'll explain to you what I mean by that. Uh, now let's go to the debate last night, the uh, Democrat debate. And um, let's, see, let's see Let's see. How, what they know about upstate New York. This is cut one. In your opinion, what's the border or landmark that divides upstate and downstate. Mr. Swazi. I say north of Putnam and Rockland County. Ms. Hochul. Upper border of Westchester. Mr. Williams. Upstate is a direction. And if you're from Brooklyn, upstate is actually the Bronx. Uh, but I'll probably <laughs> just say above Poughkeepsie. Okay. You think they're ever going to do anything about it? Fracking, dummies. Fracking. We're sitting on a gold mine. And it's unpatriotic not to take it. We're hurting our country. But, of course, do you guys love America? Is America first for any of you three? We're sitting on a massive amount of natural gas and oil that would allow Russia, would have pushed Russia out of the European market. Now, don't tell me about clean this and clean that because the oil and the natural gas is being extracted anyway, except it's being extracted in Russia and Venezuela. And so if it does damage to the environment, the environment's getting damaged. It isn't like only American oil and gas damages the environment, not Russian or Venezuelan or any, any, any energy produced by dictators doesn't hurt the environment. 
And the simple fact is, with all the green bull, we need it. We're not going to survive without it. That's why we buy it from them. If we produced it in America, as well as upstate New York, there'd be no further damage to anything than there is right now. There'd be less because we do it safer. It would be cheaper. You wouldn't be paying 5 6 and $7 a gallon at the gas pump. It'd be a lot cheaper. And we'd go back to where we were under a real president, Donald Trump, which is energy independence. Can you imagine Biden gave away energy independence? I got to go back to my favorite, though, giving away the Bagram Air Base 400 miles from China. That had to be part of the repayment to China for the $31 billion that he got. And his disgusting political party wants no part of finding out about that because they care about their crooked political party more than they do the United States. There's no question about that or about you. That's why you all voted for Trump the first time and the second time. Because you're the deplorables. Only they know what's going on. Well, we'll be back with a little bit more on the Democratic debate. And then we're going to have a special guest, I hope, on a controversy that found its way into the debate and is going on all over the state, including here in Buffalo, and going on all over the United States about sex education. We'll be back very shortly. Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani show. And uh, I'm back with you on the Rudy Giuliani show, and I will play out a little bit more of the debate uh, for you. And we'll play it out on the subject that we're going to have Vicky Palladino on at three, right after the break, uh, because there's a proposal in the New York City school system about drag queens that uh, you, should, you should hear and should hear Vicky's position. Uh, but they did have a lively debate on uh, whether there should be sex education in the schools. Uh, so basically, the issue is joined between Swazi and Williams, because as far as I can tell, but I'll, I'll play your answer so you don't have to take me, uh, uh, take my word for it. Hochul seems like she's playing, I'm on one side, but on the other. So Jermaine Williams first, cut three. I have to tell you, as a CUI elected official, I'm not running because I need a job. I'm running because people are suffering. We have opportunity to have a new New York. I'm running to tell my daughter when she can understand what's going on, that daddy did everything he could to make the state better for her and for the families of Would you accept the former governor? I would not. And when I ran for lieutenant governor, I made it clear the damage that this governor was doing. And if we had a lieutenant governor at that time that did the same, we might not have gotten as bad as... Uh, I, well, there was, a most, there was something in there about uh, teaching sex to kids in the school, but I didn't, I didn't quite get uh, He did say that during the, uh, the debate. Uh, so um, I think what we should do is now listen to, um, listen to Tom Swazi because I think this is a little bit clearer, and that may be our fault, not uh, Jermaine's fault. Jermaine was clear that we should teach sex to the kids in school. Now, Tom Swazi has a different view of it. This is 18, I believe. Okay, we have another question I, I, about David, curriculum. I have to answer one thing. She said that I support the Don't Say Gay law, which is she knows 100%, Governor. You know, Governor, 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 you know that that's not true. I said very clearly I'm a 100% against that law. Back in 2009, okay. I wrote right, an op-ed piece to the New York Times. All right, Mr. Swatt, you've... 
Uh, part of that is she didn't bother to look at him when he said governor, governor. She just looked the other way uh, and kind of uh, a sort of a similar, similar Zeldin and the high school debating techniques. Uh, and now we'll go to Hochul on the same question. Uh, number seven, number seven. Parents will always be on the front line of decision-making when it comes to their children's education. But I will say that to say that someone, you know, Tom Swazi says he would not support uh, legislation, he supports legislation such as don't say gay, that is discriminatory. And this is the state of New York, the birthplace of the LGBTQ plus movement. We're proud of that. We willing to teach history. So, so I, I just want to be clear. Would you support a mandate for the curriculum? We, I, I, everything has to be age appropriate and parents involved. Elementary. The question was about what elementary school. What is age appropriate? Elementary school. That I'm going to get involved with the parents. I'm not going to stay here. What is here age appropriate? And make a, excuse me. I'm giving an answer. I'd like to hear the answer. I will answer the moderator. Yes. This is something that we have to involve the parents, the teachers, and the local school boards. Okay. So, what do you make of that? Is that Proof positive that this we got we got there like a sleazy politician. I don't know. Sounds to me that way. We didn't get much answers out of them. Now on the all important issue of crime, I thought the best uh, answer was given by Swazi with regard to subway crime, which is cut ten. Mr. Swazi, your 15-point crime intervention and prevention plan does not specifically mention the subways. What is your plan to keep New Yorkers safe underground? You have one minute. You know, we hear the governor's speech about, you know, we're spending money on this and we're going to get to that and we haven't executed it yet. People are not safer. Under this administration, they are not safer. They don't feel safe. And the governor has not made crime a priority. Getting people off the subway requires the efforts under Kendra's law to actually implement the law and actually expand the power under Kendra's law. We have 18 and a half million people in New York State. One and a half million people have a serious mental health problem, whether it's schizophrenia, bipolar, or severe depression. A lot of them don't take their medications. These are the people that we're concerned about that we have to help, and we have to get them off the subways and off the streets where they're a danger to themselves and to others. This happy talk that the governor is doing is not realistic. It's a pretension. This is the number one issue we face in the state, and the governor has not treated it like the number one issue that it is. Well, there's no doubt I, just, I agree with him. I mean, the state has gotten more and more dangerous, more and more crime. New York City, of course, is worse under Adams than it was under de Blasio. We're up 40 percent in terms of crime. But, I mean, Hochul's got a whole state that's like a, 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 a crime machine. I mean, you've got cities from cities, not, cities that are not used to high crime. Cities like Binghamton and Syracuse and Rochester. And Rochester, you know, hits the national numbers. And Buffalo in the top 10 percent. And... Um, She's doing nothing. I mean, first of all, she keeps that bail law in place, and that's that's completely damaging and 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 harmful. Let me go to uh, Norman in uh, in Brooklyn. Hi, Mayor. Hi, Norman. Hi. Uh, I'm supporting your son. Uh, I'd like to ask you why you think the New York Post endorsed Lee Zeldin. Uh, I don't know. I was, I was you know, yesterday. There were two endorsements. Of course, they print one but not the other. One was from General Flint, and General Flint very enthusiastically endorsed Andrew. Now, General Flint knows both of them. The Post doesn't really. Uh, Zeldin worked for him when he was in the Army, and Andrew worked with him during the campaign of 16 and the early days in the White House. He was unequivocal that one has the leadership qualities and the other is totally bereft of those leadership qualities. That is that Andrew would be the better 
choice because he'd be the one who'd really get it done, whereas uh, Zeldin would be more like what we just heard, you know, like he, this Hochul and Zeldin come from the same place, the Albany Swamp. They've learned that you don't answer a question. You go hey, this way, that way, this way, that way, this way, that way. And a little of that and a little of this. Plus, uh, this is a guy that was, he's like kind of John Kerry. He was, he, was for, he was against Trump. Trump was a racist. Then he was for Trump very, very enthusiastically when Trump was ahead in his district. And now he won't mention his name. He wouldn't mention his name at the convention. The, um, the chairman of the Republican Party uh, intimidated him into not mentioning the name. The only one who mentioned Trump's name was, was Andrew. And, 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 you know, Andrew had a good day yesterday also with the Siena poll that came out where he had been ahead by 4 or 5. He's now ahead by 14 after, I thought, a disastrous debate for uh, Zeldin who went after everybody. Well, we'll be back in a short while with uh, Vicky Palladino, and it's quite a story. category in New York City. Bob Brown. As long lines continue in most testing facilities. Jacqueline Carl. Surging cases of COVID-19. Frank Diaz. Children have not been the driving force behind COVID surges. Lydia Serrani. Regarding the nursing home crisis. And the news never stops. I'm Jeffrey Valentine. I'm Bob Brown. I'm Jacqueline Carl. I'm Frank Diaz. I'm Lydia Serrani. At WABCRadio.com. Ah, this is yours truly, Curtis Sliwa Kumbhati Cheech of my longtime friend and ally, Rudy Giuliani. He's up in Buffalo. Somehow he's been disconnected. He will rejoin us momentarily. But as you know, WABC always stands for always broadcasting, Curtis, and I'm always at the ready. Uh, I know that Rudy, right before the break, was talking about the situation involves our public schools in New York City where they have allocated through the Department of Education. The acronym stands for dumbest organization ever. $200,000 in an allotment so that, um, what can I call them? The modern-day uh, Milton Burles of the world, uh, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> Those guys who like to wear dresses, uh, cross-dressers, transvestites, in this case, uh, they are uh, performers extraordinaire. They have their reviews for adults. But these cross-dressers, these uh, transvestites, uh, as they are called, uh, come in and have uh, what they call the hour in which they read to the children. Unfortunately, it's to pre-K Oh, wait a second. It's my Kumbada Chiefs, Rudy Giuliani, back. Curtis, are you there? Oh, of course. I'm always there for you I and your son, know. Andrew. I think the Democrats up here gotten away. The Democrats in Buffalo kind of, they, 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 heard, they heard some of the things I was saying about Hokal Pokal, and they got uh, upset, you know? Well, take it away. Take it away, Mr. Right, Mayor. Curtis. See you soon. So we have Vicky Palladino on the line. We were going to start that call. So, Vicky, are you there? Hey, Rudy, how are you? Can you hear me? Now I'm better. I'm in good shape. They brought oh, me back that's from good the What are you doing up in Buffalo? I'm helping Andrew. We had a great press conference today. We had a great good. argument with the left-wing press. 
they're just as biased oh, well. up here as any any place. But right. uh, we know we know how to deal with them, and you do too. But you you got a, quite a battle on your hands. Tell me what's going on. Oh, uh, you know they seem to have chosen Drag Queen Story Hour as the uh, the highlight of their week this week, uh, rather than focus what. On serious issues like introducing legislation that actually will work to get the city back on its feet. And uh, because I put out a simple statement about Drag Queen Story Hour and how I don't agree with it uh, coming to our public schools and especially being funded by our tax dollars. Um, what, what, they can seem you tell to us what Drag Queen Can you tell us what it is, Vicki? Drag Queen Story Hour? Yes, it's called Drag Queen Story Hour, uh-huh. and it's coming to elementary schools throughout the city of New York, and what it is, as we all know, it's a sexualized performance, and it doesn't belong in our classrooms, Rudy. How old? It starts at age five. Age five? kindergarten and work their and way what, up. Yes, does sir. a drag queen come in and tell them how good it is to be a yes. drag queen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 to what a five-year-old? Yes, they come dressed all in their, you know, full garb, you know. Now, look, Rudy, we go back a long time. Drag queens have been around for decades and decades and decades. It's adult performers, okay? And if they want to do a story time hour, they certainly could pick on, you know, a Disney character or a well-known author. Somebody could impersonate, you know, a well-known author. But what, what the bottom line to this whole thing is, Rudy, why don't they concentrate on what's actually going on in this city? Why are they spending so much time on Vicky Palladino and her comment on Drag Queen Story Hour? Okay, they made me a villain of sorts. You're a and, villain you because know, you don't think a drag queen should come into a school. Correct. And give children, correct, what, huh? lessons on being a drag queen? No, they tell them stories. And, yes, it gets a little sexual, you know. Uh, and most of the gay community, because they've been reaching out to me left and right, my office has been abuzz with people calling and calling and stopping in so, and saying, go, Vicky, go. And they're, they are from the gay community, uh, and they don't agree with it. They, don't, they themselves do not agree with the Drag Queen Story Hour. So, uh, you know, when you got the backup of that, and then you got the radical left in this city council. Uh, you know, not everybody's off the cliff, but there's enough of them that are stopping their feet and making enough noise that they want to crucify Vicky Palladino, which is absolutely ridiculous. I say to those same radicals, why don't you concentrate on putting so police I don't understand. on our I, I don't really understand this. I mean, are they going to do this? Uh, well, you know, they allotted, uh, Rudy, uh, $200,000 out of the city budget, which is not a lot of money. As we know, we just passed a $101 billion yeah, budget. But what uh, I say you- to those is this. You know, we get what's called discretionary funding as a city council person. So if you want to fund something in your public schools, in your district, as, you know, not one size fits all, maybe it fits someone, someone else's district, uh, have at it. You know, do it. You, that's what you Suppose want. Suppose a parent doesn't want their child to there be part go, of to be part it. of that's the it. drag queen story hour. I, uh, my, I don't yeah. want my five year old to be part of the drag queen story hour. What 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 can I do? Well, I would hope that they would allow you to uh, opt out as a parent. But they haven't but said that. I don't that. know. If they, if they, I don't know if they allow that. 
I do well, not I know mean, that. When I, when I, I became that, mayor, they weren't allowing them to opt out. Mayor, uh, Heather has two daddies, and I mean, you had to, you had to right. do that, no, even if the parents. Uh, but uh, do they tell the parents they're going to do this, or they just go ahead and do it? I think it's just because part of the curriculum oh, yeah, of that well, particular school. Well, Vicki, you're on the so, right side. How, how, how are my Republican colleagues doing? Are they supporting you? Uh, how are my Republican colleagues doing? Uh, I, I think my Republican uh, colleagues are against the, the Drag Queen Story Hour. Uh, I'm I waiting hope so. for them to come out and actually say so. I would hope so. Quite frank. Uh, you know, they're having I'd a little like trouble, like they're having a little trouble, like Zeldin stating their position. Beg your pardon, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was being funny. I mean, they're having a little trouble <laughs> stating their position. Are you for or against? Are you for or against Drag Queen Story Hour? Here's how I stand on Drag Queen Story Hour. It's not for my district. It Good. doesn't fit here. Okay. And if they want to do it in the libraries where parents have a choice whether their children want to attend or not, have at it. Uh, you know, okay. and this way, again, choice pay, plays a very big part in it. As far as I go, I do not believe that these people belong in front okay. of children who are confused enough, Rudy. These kids. Vicky, I got to run, but you know. I agree with you, and this is one of the reasons I was so excited you got elected to the city council. Uh, I assume the others uh, share the values of the Republican Party on morality and decency and fairness and giving parents choice about education. But there's only one who really has the guts, and we're talking to her, and uh, we'll be seeing you very, very soon, Vicki. This is an exceptional member of the city council. Pay attention to her. She's not afraid. That's what you've got to look for in a governor, my friends. These, these professional politicians on the one hand, but on the other, but on the other. There shouldn't be a drag queen coming in and teaching five-year-olds. What are you, crazy? You're nuts. Absolutely nuts. And you're trying to brainwash our kids. Cut it out. I know what you're doing. I even know the damn playbook it comes from. So let's go to Mike. On Long Island. Hey, Mr. Mayor, thank you for taking my call. I, I got two quick questions. Um, I looked into the budget of the Capitol Police. It's somewhere between five and six hundred million dollars a year. They have roughly nineteen hundred officers and twenty three hundred total employees. Where's all this money going to? And what's like you know? Why isn't anybody focusing on, on this uh, wasted, wasted money that the government does with everything but this in particular? Well, I, I would refer you to RudyGiulianiCS.com, the second-to-last podcast. Well, there's one going up now. It's the podcast that's up there right now. And it has all the video they don't want you to see, the January 6th uh, witch hunt committee doesn't want you to see, which is just a carryover from Russian collusion. The same people that were lying about Russian collusion are lying about this. So the cops gave up their post. And that's one of the reasons that Ashley Babbitt got killed. They were guarding Nancy Pelosi's door. Nobody was doing anything to try to get in. The Antifa guy goes up to them and says them to them, and they abandoned their post. And then right in front of the cops, 
they start banging down the door. They lift up, they lift up uh, uh, Ashley as if they're going to throw her over or as a target, and she gets shot. The cops could have pulled her down. You see cops letting them in. And then if you want to take a look at the other death that took place outside, the podcast I have on today uh, will do that, where they stomped a woman to death and tried to prevent uh, and did prevent her getting CPR. There are a lot of questions about the Capitol Police's performance. Yes, some got hurt, and to them, my heart goes out. But they did some things that were very, very unusual. The guy who killed Ashley Babbitt in any police department anywhere in the United States would be under very serious investigation. There was nothing that was a danger to his life that happened. And a police officer can only use force, a gun, if he's in jeopardy of losing his life or serious bodily damage. This woman was being thrown over a transom, basically. She's 5'2", no gun. He's got cops all around him. Cops that could have stopped her before she went over. Cops that could have jumped on her when she got over. And without a warning, he shoots. Now, he says he gave a warning. Every other witness says they didn't hear a warning. The tape has no warning. And I've looked at five tapes. Nor does he give an explanation for how he was in fear for his life because it would have been too stupid to give that answer. So this is a serious, serious case of at least negligent homicide that's being avoided. And I won't, uh, I'll, I'll have you look at my podcast and ask me about it on Monday. There's another one right outside the Capitol where the Capitol Police are responsible for the death of another woman. Meanwhile, the protesters, bad as they are, had no guns. They didn't kill anybody, even though the lying Democrats tried to make it four people, and then eventually the Times had to apologize. So, I don't know. There are a lot of questions about the Capitol Police. Uh, There's also the question of why they didn't take the National Guard, why Pelosi won't testify, why she won't give up her notes. Uh, how many Antifa were in there? How many? I want the number. And tell me who all those people around Ashley Babbitt are. Who are they? Identify all of them. Why aren't they called in to describe what they saw? I mean, it is the one killing that took place being ignored. This committee is as phony as the uh, Russian collusion. And like Trump was telling you the truth about Russian collusion, and Shifty Schiff was lying about it, Shifty Schiff is lying about this, and Trump is telling the truth about it. I mean, these guys have a reputation not only for being liars, but for doing something that really is, I think, a serious crime, trying to remove a president of the United States based on framing him for something that they were told wasn't true. It was not true that he colluded with the Russians. You wouldn't know that from the hysterical media and these idiots on the. That's why you don't know the other side of January 6th. It's the same group of clowns that are bringing it to you. Left-wing, I don't know what they are. Left-wing, amoral, immoral people. We'll be back in a short while. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rudy Giuliani Show. And now, it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Mayor's Final Thoughts. My final thoughts today were brought to you by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org, the, the wonderful, wonderful organization that takes care of those who die in the line of duty, uniform members who die in the line of duty or get seriously injured and need special homes built for them. I mean, they, they are needed more than ever since we have a record of attacks on police officers, like the attacks out in California caused completely by Gascon and his... Uh, and his policy, which I will explain to you in a moment, but make sure, $11 per month, T2T.org. If you could do more, do more. Not going to hurt you. It will help them, and it will help the people. Those are the people we should admire. Those who should be our heroes, not the silly people we see on television in Hollywood or all that crap. They're not doing anything. I don't know. If somebody was raping some woman, they wouldn't come in and help but the cops would who lose their lives. So let's, ra- let's wrap up with a, with a case study, and you will see how important this is. The, the, the one in California shows you what can happen when you let somebody uh, out that shouldn't be. California has a three-strike law. This guy that killed the cops was, had had something like 30 convictions, and... Uh, and this particular crime, it would be the second time he committed it. You can impose up to a five to ten year sentence as a result of that. When Gascon, the Soros uh, finance prosecutor, took over, he did away with the three strikes. He said, we're not going to hold that against him anymore. Now, he should have been fired for that because that is not following his duty as a prosecutor. In Albany, we should have a governor... And it would seem to me it is not this one for sure, because she could do it already, that could remove him for that. So here's what Bragg did, and this is what the city council should be, uh, should be uh, talk, talking about. What, what Bragg did was he let a guy out. He let a guy out that uh, on, they pled, they pled down a real robbery, an honest-to-goodness real robbery, not uh, uh, something, you know, overdone. For a guy who had, let me try to get this right, 36 busts on his rap sheet. So he was charged with grand larceny, but he was allowed to plead down to the misdemeanor of petty larceny, and he walked without any jail time. That's with uh, 36 arrests in his background. Okay? And he had also been let out on a similar thing, prior to Brad coming, and it was a robbery at Sephora near Union Square. In between uh, then and now, uh, he got that deal, and then he was busted in January on assault charges, uh, uh, and no one knows what happened to that. And then last month, he walked up to a woman in Chelsea. He punched her in the face, while she was on her mobile phone, and he was again released without bail, thanks to Alvin Bragg, Soros's DA. Come on, 
what are we doing? What are we doing? How many more people are going to get punched in the face, killed, beaten, raped, while we let this guy play out his insane experiment of we're better off if we let criminals go free? Uh, they'll, they'll uh, by osmosis, they'll turn into angels. Uh, some, this guy should read, you know, uh, James Q. Wilson's book on career criminals. I read it. Here's the difference between this guy and, and me. Uh, he, I save lives. He puts lives in jeopardy. I'm a lot happier being on my side than his. But we've got to have politicians who have the guts to go up against him. Our mayor says a lot of things about crime. Hasn't been doing much, but he says a lot. And he says a lot of right things about it and doesn't do many right things about it. Why is he so afraid to brag? If this happened when I was mayor, you'd know about it. Not from some ex-mayor on the, on the radio. Probably you would have heard about it from Ed Koch. But before Ed even talked about it, you'd, I'd be in that pool room explaining what should happen to this guy. And I'd be all over, hokel to do it. Well, you're not going to have to get all over. And again, I think all the Republicans would get rid of him. But I think the guy that would do it without any doubt is Andrew. And I think the guy who can bring crime down without any doubt is not a, on the one hand, but on the other kind of guy. And that endorsement by General Flynn, who worked with both of them, says Andrew is the leader, not Zelda. So this is Rudy Giuliani. I'll be back. On Sunday with Dr. Maria Ryan, Uncovering the Truth. We're working on it right now. And then I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend and God bless America.